0: welcome it's two girls in a pod i'm sharon i'm christy hello and i hope everyone is doing well today we're joined by kathy grunland and heather campbell we're going to talk about how do we develop friendships and that become more like family both of these ladies married to somebody in the military so it's kind of different for you guys than it is for us i think or do you think it's different
1: well it's different because you're always having to start over and you're starting over with people who are also starting over. So it starts from a different place. So sometimes if you're not military and you move, those people have lived there for a long time.
0: Did you keep friendships? Because, you know, working with the military families, I'll have some who've kept friendships all these years. Was that like, was that the same for you guys or no?
2: Not so much for me. My ex was military and didn't really, you know, we were not in one place really, you know, long enough to make those For me, lasting relationships, most of my lasting relationships are where I grew up or people that I have worked with for a long time, and that and kind of incorporated family into them. How did you incorporate family into them? Both of my parents have passed, and so um, my friends, I have one brother, and he lives in Ohio, so I don't get to see him much. But my best friend growing up was Julie. And we have now been friends for 43 years, and she is more like my sister and family. You guys have known for a very long time, and you guys are family. And it's that relationship that we have created together, working together, doing things together, and that's created more of a family-like bond. Especially when you're with families scattered all over the United States, I don't see them. Okay.
0: Okay. For you, Kathy, did you make lasting friendships through the military? Well, you know,
1: it could have been that way because the friendships everywhere I were, we were stationed, were deep, but there was no such thing as Facebook at the time. And so when we left, you know, you try to call back, but in order to adapt and adjust, you couldn't keep reaching back. You had to be present with the people who were right in front of you. Um, and so we couldn't carry, I mean, I guess some people did, but it was very difficult to carry those friendships forward without not being able to cope where you were planted. So you moved on. My husband's part of a small unit, so some people you could reunite with when you, because they would come to the base that you were at um, if you were lucky enough. But I think um, trying to make friends into family, how it happens for me is, is that after a while and after you connect with people, you start saying I love you when you leave or there's a hug when you leave. So it creates like a deeper connection with my friends because they know that they're cared about You know, there's friends that I have on a superficial level where you would go skiing or to a show or a play or a movie, but you're not interacting at that level and then taking it deeper to invite them someplace where a celebration or a family event or something where you're going to get a longer period of time to talk to each other. And I think in order to develop it as family, you have to be able to create a commitment and then follow through. And I think it's very difficult for women in general to commit to a specific date and then follow through and show up for the other people there. And I think that creates a deeper bond too, because it shows, I think you have to show the people in your life that they matter. For me, that's very important. If I don't feel like I matter to you, I can't take that, that friendship any deeper.
0: And I think for us, we're actually on a little mini vacation together and something that was really cool to us. And we know that you're more you've come into that circle. Of, you're very much a part of that circle of family is because we introduced you to June, who is so, she's like, she is our family. And so being able to, and letting you, cause it also helped you guys to see more of where I come from and how, even with you, Christy, how you kind of morphed into this too. Cause it was kind of, as you said, difficult morphing into my life here in such a small community
3: yeah, that's another reason I feel like it was really important to make those connections, especially because all of my family had moved away. So they're a great distance away. So it was great creating those relationships. Like with June, um, she has become like a sister to us. And so every time we come back here to visit, we have to see her. So,
0: And then, of course, we have Sandra here who you guys didn't meet, but Heather knows. Heather and I worked together years ago at San Luis Valley Mental Health. And really developed a friendship there. And it's interesting because we've kind of, you left, Mm -hmm. went to become a military family life counselor, talked to me. And then, so I went to become a military family life counselor. (laughs) You left, you went to the next company. And then I left that, went to that same company. You left that company, went into private practice. And at that company is where we met Kathy and developed this friendship with her. But I think it's become easier with our friendship not working there, don't you? Like, because we're, we're, Kathy and Christy and I, we share a suite. So Kathy has her own private practice. Heather has her own private practice, just at a different location. Do you find that made it easier with the friendship? Because we, before we just kind of talked in between. uh <laughs> Yeah. I
1: didn't meet Christy until we all worked together.
0: Yeah. So, cause she was at home and you were at
1: work. So, and then we only saw each other if somebody was late. Yeah. We'd set. Or we were around the coffee pot making coffee or something. Yeah, like in little snippets. And so uh, the friendship extended when we had more access to each other. And I think that's what's easy for people. But then it seems like when they move jobs, they move friends too.
0: Yeah. And I think that's the other thing that I find interesting is how do you incorporate or do you incorporate your friendships with your spouses even? So like with, you're right, Kathy. So I met you first. I even met Heather first. And then you guys met Christy, but you've right. developed a relationship with her that's still separate where you have it with both of us, but then it's you also, we also have separate relationships with you. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. But how was that for you guys? Cause I don't know. Cause most, well, Christy has a friend, Colleen, and she's the one who did the artwork for mm-hmm. us. She was Christy's friend way before I met her, but it was nice that she was very accepting, invited me into that friendship. And now, you know, Colleen and I have a friendship separate and then we have this together. And then that was for you and Tammy.
3: Yeah, because Tammy was your friend first. and For many years. Yeah. You introduced me to her and now we have a great connection, I feel like.
2: Yeah. So how do you guys do that? Or do you? Oh, definitely. And like I said, getting to know Christy was a lot of times, you know, when we would go to lunch all together or we get together and do dinner or something after work. And so they... For me, it was a very natural progression because I guess um, Michael is my husband and I've gotten to know a lot of his friends also kind of in that same way of going and doing things together, going to concerts. And then he has met most of my friends back home in the small town I'm from going back and you know, for family reunion or for class reunions. And he's now friends with them, even on Facebook, and chats with them Independently, from my relationship from them, so I guess for me, it's a very natural progression. Again, being from a small community, you kind of get to know you know one person, and you get to know their family, their cousins, all of that stuff because it is such a small, tight farming community. And so for me, it was very natural. But for you,
0: Kathy, it's a little different, because your husband was in the military, and so he was gone a lot. When did you pick Colorado Springs to stay at?
1: Well, we got stationed here in '98. So we've been here for a long time, but he was deployed, gosh, I can't even tell you, over 20 times since we've been here. Well, a lot in Germany too, but uh, 22 times total. So he was gone quite a bit. And so I had to develop female friendships and male friendships. So I had somebody to do something with and somebody to cook for me while he's gone. Um, (laughs) So a lot of people came into our family to support while he wasn't there. And so we developed those supports and then he became friends with my support system But since he's retired, you know, a lot of men don't have friendships on their own. Um, They're not like Michael. You know, my husband is one to develop friendships at work, but not to have them transfer to the weekend or to go out with beer with the guys or to watch the game with the guys. It's just not who he is. And so um, the friendships he's developed are my friends and my friends who are married and their husbands. And it's kind of awkward because politically they're very opposite we have to navigate those changes and those um especially last year but it's starting to work and i think that the more that i bring him along on couples things um the more i'm getting to know my girlfriend's husbands because there's a lot of times where i get along better with the husband not politically not personality but i'm more fit so if i'm going to ski i'm more likely to ski with the husband than the wife or to do any kind of activities with the guys instead of the women and so it's kind of a mix of If they're all in the kitchen, it's not me. So my husband will be in the kitchen with the women. So it's a little different the way that we're set up. But I wish that he was more like Michael. I wish he could develop and cultivate friendships outside of the marriage. Because I think that's one of the things that makes a marriage really successful is if you can grow as separate human beings. And if you can grow together, that if one is leaning on the other way too much, like I'm going to just adopt your friends, it gets to be a lot. And I
0: think that's what was cool about you and I. We had our separate friendships. And but our friendships really did become our family. We talk about it often in the LBGT Food Plus community, that it's a community that's really good about fostering those relationships because oftentimes they lose their family through coming out and or that whole thing. And so they they learn to really foster that, nurture that, and make it work. And I think we've done that in our, not that we're not close with some of our family members, but once again, we're scattered too. You know, we don't have that luxury of having my family. I used to have my parents down the road, that was great. We, I would go have coffee with them, do all that. So we had that, but then when my parents passed, we didn't have that because everybody is so scattered and it's hard to navigate that. It's easier to navigate with you guys because we live in the same community we kind of work similar schedules. Some of us work more than others, and some of us cram everything into three days. That would be Kathy. (laughs) (laughs) But that's important for you, because you take Tuesdays off. Why is Tuesdays important for you? That's the day that I do most of my physical activities. And Tuesday, ski day, and bike day, and hike day. But you do that with a group of friends, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not like you go skiing alone. No. Do you go skiing with the same people usually? usually? Up until recently, you know, I
1: I lost my best friend almost two years ago. And so that left a hole. So I've had to replace, I hate to use that word, some of the activities with other people. And so I've kind of, I call myself a ski whore. So I'll like, you know, people say they ski or I'll start the conversation. And then when I find out they do, I see if I can get them to come with me. So I've kind of cultivated new friendships in the last two years to...
0: So not ski alone. Is that what you were doing yesterday? We were at the sand dunes. I just want you to know. <laughs> and Kathy and I were going up the dunes. So we want to see him do the the little surf or I don't even know what you call it down the dunes. It's, it's almost like snowboarding. And uh Christy and Heather were not into that. They didn't want Christy didn't want all the sand, right?
3: Right. I didn't want to fill up my shoes.
0: So her and Heather went off and walked, which was great because they had that time to kind of continue to build that relationship. And so Kathy and I walk up and I said, well, let's just go to about right here because my shoes are now full of sand. She's there like, oh, okay. And then this father and son, and she starts talking to, and then it goes to skiing. And then pretty soon she's walking higher and higher up until we're at the top of this dune. But I didn't realize now it was because she was trying to find another ski buddy. (laughs) The truth came out today. I I think, you know,
1: sometimes people wonder like how do you develop so many girlfriends and and people that you can hang around with and develop where does that start because you can work with people and get along with them but how do you take it to that next level and a lot of the times um, like i said commitment is a big one and follow through but two of my close friends who aren't with us they both of them came up to me at work and said kathy you do a lot of things the next time you go to a show can i come with you You do a lot of things. The next time you ski, is that okay if I come with you? And really approached and, and I said, sure, I go every Tuesday. And so then it was the commitment and follow through, but making that next step saying, can I come along? Like I see that all you guys had fun in Del Del Norte. Next time you go, could you invite me? And it would be, of course, we'll invite you. But taking that risk to be able to take that friendship to the next level and out of the workplace or out of that normal rain and take it another level because I got to know Heather um, and I have talked superficially for what, five years, six yes. years that we've known each other. Um, but this is the first time because we're spending a longer time together that I really got to know that Heather is has done everything. She should be a hundred <laughs> um, because she'll say, oh, I've done that. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, I've, and I'm thinking, oh my God, you're only two years older than I am. But, but I've never known her at that level to know her um, outside of being a therapist or a good person or that sense of who she was, but where she came from. And how she came to the decision she did and the things that she's tried in her life. Now she's starting to become family because it's gone to that next level. So I think there's, a, there's a, a time in there where you take that jump.
2: Yeah. And trust. I think trust is a huge part of that. And Kathy and I, we've we worked together and kind of, you know, I knew you kind of as a therapist. And then, you know, throughout changing jobs and all, you know, going into private practice, I've seen you more, you know, with Sharon and Christy. And like you said, with this trip, I think I've really enjoyed getting to know you better. And I think it is, you know, moving from kind of the acquaintance stage into a friendship. And I think in the acquaintance stage, you try some things and, you know, say, hey, do you want to go for coffee or something? And you start asking those questions to find out more about that person or go do something together, go hike or something to start, you know, kind of learning what that person is about. But it takes a while to go from an acquaintance to a friend. And I think a lot of times people are so anxious to get to that friend stage that they skip going from an acquaintance, you know, taking the time to do things together and build trust and support and commitment, you know, to where you can get to that friend stage. Well, I think it's interesting. Both of you have used that word
0: commitment. And I think that's where a lot of times we forget that in order to build relationships are commitment. Yes. And we have to decide why that person is valuable in our life. And hopefully the value that it brings is we love hanging out with you guys because part of what we do, and this is something I think our group, because we really talk about, and I think we really build each other up when it comes to working out and stuff like that. And Kathy, you're, you're amazing at noticing things. We went and did Los Ventanas and her and Christy went up first and you're right. She's like a billy goat. She just ghost I like climbing <laughs> but it was kind of nice because Heather and I kind of hung back a little bit but you know once again you said how do I want your story to end and I was going to stop about three quarters of the way up because i that be like ah oh, I ain't going to stop here but I remember what you said is how do you want this story to end and I thought I want it to end with me getting to the top those are those things we do to encourage each other those are those things that we do to help motivate each other. And I think that we do such an amazing job of motivating each other and caring enough about each other to talk about how do we be even healthy, you know, when we do those things. And I think those become those commonalities that we share as well, because I don't think it's always easy to develop friendships. And I feel like that with you sometimes for you, Christy, because you're more quiet and reserved sometimes. You don't think so? <laughs> She's like, is there a question in there? I know, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's why I said, do you think it's harder for you sometimes? To, and I don't know if it's because you were an only child. and, and you Because you, your upbringing was a little bit different in that you only had friendships you could develop that were within that church system.
3: Yeah, I mean, I am pretty quiet, so I don't usually talk first. But I did develop friendships through our church and stuff like that. So for me, I guess it's always been kind of that way that I made friends into family in a way, even though my family was there, my extended family wasn't, they've always lived far from us. And so I've always made friends through the church and, and that and hung out with them. So anyway, you, like you said, you're very
0: quiet, but yeah, that I love about you is the fact that you trust me. If I tell her, that person is going to be a really good friend. She may not know them. Mm-hmm. And because she only has that little bit of interaction or maybe no interaction, she might be there like, why? But she trusts that. And I think it's turned out well, don't you? Yeah. You pick them pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think too, it's because then you have to get to know them on a different level. You know what I mean? Because it's one thing. And I don't know about, you know, like even like for, Us. I know your friend. We knew him through you. Even though we didn't know him, we knew the value of him in your life. And I think those are the things that are important because we knew we had made it even closer to your circle because you started sharing more about him. Well, I think a turning point for our friendship is when you came to his funeral or you came to my house.
1: And you were there and you checked in on me every day after he died and it took it to a different level because it was more than thoughts and prayers, which is nice, by the way. I mean, a lot of people think it's dismissive, but it's not um, when people post that on Facebook. But you took it a step further and text and checked in with me every day and called. And even because I came back to work right away, you said, how are you? And I said, I'm okay. And you're like, no, really, how are you? Or sometimes just giving me a hug in the hall in passing because you knew that it was painful because you'd been through, you know, Several major, you know, losses in your family, and you wanted to make sure that someone was there for you too. Uh, but that's just who you are. You always check in with me, and even later months after everybody else had kind of moved on with your life, you always made sure that you check, continued to check in and make sure that today was a good day, knowing that just because yesterday was good didn't mean today was necessarily going to be the same.
0: And I think those are the things. Yeah, I have to kind of remind Kathy. You know, even after that, no, Kathy, we're going to hug today. <laughs> because I think there's something about that, that physical touch that we do with people, you know, and also, you know, you said that when we develop those things, we start using the words like I love you because it becomes important. And I think that's when we know that we've gone to that next level of being more of a family based and not all families are great. They're not. And so if they're not, it's not like going and encouraging somebody to go repair a relationship with their parent or their siblings or stuff like that. Because sometimes it's not about that. That's not going to be what's going to take them to that healthy place. Sometimes I know in therapy, and I don't know about you too, but I'll encourage people to go find that in the other people around them to create
2: that. And then how do you help them navigate that? A lot of times it's talking with them and having them learn about boundaries. Because a lot of times their family of origin may not have any boundaries. And there's you know trauma within that relationship and with that family of origin and so you know when they start making friends outside of that family of origin it's learning you know well what do your boundaries look like where do you end and that other person begins so that they learn to know you know if somebody does something or makes them uncomfortable that it's okay to say hey can you not do that I don't like that And have that voice to be able to say, you know, that's a boundary for me. What about for you? Well, two things. One
1: is uh, I draw circles within a circle on my whiteboard, which I love. And I talk about, like, who's in that outer circle, who's in that next circle, and who's in your closest circle, and what you need to do to earn yourself, what should people do to earn their way into your inner circle. And so I say there's people that we know at work. There's people that have picked us up in our driveway that have never been in our house. There's people that have been in our house. And then there's people who you call in the middle of the night if you had an accident or something happened. And who are those people? And I think, like Heather said, the people without boundaries, they've taken the people that are acquaintances and allowed them to come into their house. And I think it's a natural progression. Sometimes, you know, and it's just an analogy. Sometimes people come in your house and you don't know them. Um, and their acquaintances. But to me, um being invited to come into my house is a huge deal for me. Otherwise, I would meet you at work and you'd like this trip. And then you'd pick me up from there. And you'd like,
0: I've never been to Kathy's house. And we've been friends forever. And you know, I think that's interesting, because I know for Christy and I, our home is our private sanctuary, wouldn't you say? Yeah. You have to be invited into our home. You have to really matter to us because we don't have a lot of people in our home. No, I don't think that makes us antisocial. Do you?
3: <laughs> <laughs> you
1: know what I mean? And that's a preference. But the other thing about being a therapist is sometimes, a lot of the times, I am the first stable person or the only stable person that they know, especially if they didn't have a stable mom. So establishing a relationship with me where we create boundaries within the, the therapeutic relationship they get to grow and from that stable person that you know in our lives was our parent you know was was my Mm -hmm. our mom that we went out and we developed relationships and then came back home you know positive attachment um they never had that so i become that for them so that they can grow based on that there's always one person that's stable in my life and so i have a lot of clients who have moved on and i'm sure it's true for both of you where they get their college thesis done and they they call you they're pregnant they call you they get engaged they call you because you've become that surrogate mom, not in an unhealthy way, but mm-hmm. in a way that most children would do. They go off on their own and mom becomes that person that's their touchstone. And that's the, the part of therapy that's very rewarding is when the phone rings that every once in a while, it's not something bad, but yeah. it's something good. It's good
0: news. Sharing those successes with you and and wanting that. You know, and I know now, you know, we're talking about going back into the office and and hearing from clients how they actually miss that more human connectedness. They're good with the video, but they really miss that thing of being in the room and having that human that energy that yes. And so that's always kind of cool, too, because it's just like, I just want to see you in person. I just and of course, they all miss Christy. They all everybody's clients do. I know it's all about Christy. And Christy
3: misses them, too. <laughs>
0: Well, and I think that's what's important. And, you know, we talk about all the different kinds of relationships we have. And, you know, in this particular segment, we're really talking about, you know, that how we create that connectivity that is meaningful. And you're right. When we come from places that we don't have that, it's it's hard to know what's healthy and what's unhealthy. But I think that people long for it. I think people really long for those connected relationships with that commitment So that they know that if there's that moment where they have, where they need to talk to somebody, there's somebody who's going to pick up. Because I think, you know, how many times do you, and I know I do with my clients, I really wish I had somebody to talk to, particularly my military families. If the spouse is deployed or something, they feel so alone. And then, you know, that's something I work with them on. Well, where do you go? How can we meet these things? And then when I hear, you know, they'll say, Oh my, and I have one, said, like, oh my God, I'm going to actually go on vacation with the friend that we met. And I'm just so excited for them because it's that, that thing that they're really longing for, you know, but how do we teach them? And I don't know for you, because a majority of your friends are not military spouses, correct? No, not any. I don't think I have any military
1: friends that I actually have in Colorado. So, which is really mm-hmm. weird.
0: I was going to say, was that intentional? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, you know, we live up north and the military base is down south. A lot of military wives in my generation didn't work. So you end up making civilian friends or you work on post. And so it becomes this fishbowl. And my goal when I came here was not to have that rent, that round table of friends that kind of rotated in and out of my life. I wanted to have friends that were from Colorado that were here so that my, my friends weren't constantly moving. And so I wanted to make civilian friends, but working in a civilian job, you have an opportunity to do that.
0: And I think it's interesting because, you know, one of the things you said earlier was that when people find out what you like, that's how you develop your friendships. And and that was kind of how you really developed your strong friendship with your best friend. Mm -hmm. It was around that common interest. And then you guys really shared a lot of those common interests. Mm -hmm. But what is it that they teach us? You know yes, what I mean? It's a track.
1: <laughs> yes, it's, a track. <laughs> it's not true. You know, sometimes if you, especially I think as you age, you know, you want to be able to do something with people. You want to be able to hike and you want to, but I like the theater. So if you're not active and physically active, then join me at the theater because it's really sitting on your button and enjoying a good show.
0: So We're still waiting for Kathy to recommend to us a really good show we're going to go to with her because we're trying to I don't know what Christy's thoughts are on theater
3: sometimes. Mm, I'm not sure yeah, about it yet, but I haven't been exposed enough. So I think the Lion King is coming. Mm. So you know. That's a biggie.
0: But and I think yeah. that's that's the other cool thing I think about having friendships is because they expose you to stuff that you normally wouldn't have that like exposure to. The San Luis Valley. Come on now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, we went to the UFO watchtower last night and that was really kind of fun and just stargazing and getting a, paranoid. a chance. I was going to say a chance to just talk, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think it's those are kind of the neat things. I also think that really helps solidify those relationships even more is when you challenge yourself to go outside what your comfort zone is and to experience what somebody else experiences or likes. Even, and you might find out, Christy may go to theater and say, you know, I just really don't like it. I don't want to go back.
1: And we're all going to soccer game next in a couple of weeks too, and I've never been to a live soccer game, so outside of kiddie sports.
0: And I think that's the other cool thing, and we kind of touch on is you know Christy's doing the national anthem for the soccer game on the seventh, and that we really appreciate the fact that our friends came together and are going to this and are going to hang out and support you. So you have your own little groupie section.
3: I know. I was I was really happy about that. That's
0: pretty cool. Did it surprise you?
3: Yeah. Why? I don't know. It just did. I just, people are busy with things and that. So I think that's what it comes down to is it's the time you invest in any relationship, of course, but if you don't put your feelers out there and take the time with a person to get to know them and, and learn whether or not you can have that trust with them, that's what it comes down to.
0: And I know that's big for you because you have that fear of performing in front of people and so that you have that excitement about people that are have become now that little family unit for us that are going to this
3: yeah I'm, i really appreciate how supportive everybody's been it's really about crispy
0: yeah you know what i mean yeah. yeah
1: so when something revolves around you know something that you about you it's, it's i think this is the first time
0: yeah and yeah. When they said that, we were just there like, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, and it, you guys jumped on it so quickly. And it was we didn't ask him. We just thought, OK, we're going to go. And I said, I'll record it, you know, whatever. Yeah. But
3: I didn't expect it.
0: No, it kind of a little overwhelming for you. Yeah. And I think it's sometimes you really realize that. What those friendships are, you know, like you said, you know, it, and sometimes it's we hold space for people, or sometimes it's we do these things, we go and support, well, letting if, somebody know they matter. And I, and I come back to that because
1: it's it's my core issue, that I think that's everything for me is is that when you matter. And and people say, well, how do I do that? And it's asking a follow up question. How did that go for you? How was your vacation? How did that? That means you remembered enough to ask the follow up question. You know, and if you really reflect on the people that you meet in your daily life, you know, people that you talk to in your daily life, how many people ask you a question about you? How did you meet Michael? How did you guys get together? How did you and June become friends? You know, why don't you eat lettuce? You know, those kind of things. And then follow up. Oh, that's right. You don't like lettuce. That's right. You're allergic to that it meant that you were really paying attention and that person matters and you don't want to poison them. You know, exactly. you know those kind of things that some people um, are really good at the talking part, but not the listening well, and Christy's good at the listening part. She just absorbs us all.
0: <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> Poor thing. <laughs> well, and that's what I think is really cool, even about your husband, is that you've told him our allergies and stuff. So if he's ever baking, which he does amazing uh, baking, stuff, yeah, he he, he's great at cooking and baking. He now knows that.
3: And he remembers it. That's yeah.
0: Awesome. He will remember that. And so even when we realized he remembered that, that moved him up a notch. Did you know what I mean? It's like it mattered enough. And I think it mattered enough because you matter so much to him too. Do you see what I mean? And I think those are the things.
3: Your own sister forgets you're allergic to mushrooms. So
0: there are days I think she's trying to kill me or at least make me sick. <laughs> yeah. Or, or lemons. Yeah. I don't know what is her problem, but,
1: <laughs> but I think the other thing that you have Sharon is, is that you make friends by being a friend. And so even when I was too busy to notice you just kept, being a friend to me until I caught the drift. I met Sharon, that was my first job. So I was so focused and Sharon would stop and stand in front of me. I always say she forced herself on me, but that I guess that (laughs) means a whole different (laughs) time. But she kept being a friend. And so it's hard to resist that one. Even when it was one-sided relationship, Sharon hung in there until it became reciprocal. So sometimes when you want to make those deep connections, sometimes that's the way forward for you is, is to say, this is... This is something that's important to me. So I'm going to keep being the friend, even though it's not reciprocated. Because a lot of times if we're not reciprocated right away, we move on really quickly and then just, you know, move on to the next person. But Sharon knows what she wants.
0: Well, I think what it is for me is we really do have a small circle. We don't have a giant circle. And people ask us, how many friends do you have? And I would tell people I have got like seven friends. And, you know, it was really sad because when my parents died, I went down to five. And, you know, I really meant that because my parents were such a big integral part of my life and the friendship. We had an amazing friendship as well. And so friendships are so maybe it's the Leo in me, which is, Kathy's a Leo too. So at least we have that, you know, we're loyal to the end thing. <laughs> or until you really piss us off I and then, right yeah. the of the <laughs> but for me, if I have a feeling when I meet somebody that feeling will be what drives me, but I've learned to trust that. And I just saw her. she just kind of walked through and I thought, hmm, in my head, this little thing goes off like, yeah, there's something about her that will enhance my life. And hopefully I can enhance her life in some way. I had the same thing with you, Heather. Right. When we were at mental health, I was Heather's supervisor, but prior to being her supervisor, we actually really developed a great friendship, and it was that same thing. She was right. new to the valley. I wanted her to feel welcome, you know, that kind Which of thing. I art. really appreciated. But then, even when I became her supervisor, you did such an amazing job of knowing the difference between those two things, and, and you never made my job difficult. And that's the, again, that's a boundary and a trust. Because i mean as
1: you guys were saying last night, that Definitely. you really trusted Heather. So if something was going down, the first person you wanted to grab was Heather.
2: Yeah and I think working together we learned that the way we approach therapy is very much you know in line with each other and we could bounce off of each other because we brought a little bit different things to the table but cohesively together you know, like if we were doing a group or a kids group
0: it just flowed. Yeah we definitely didn't have to sit there and have notes of oh what we're going to do. Oh. we are living everything right now because the friendship is real. I don't feel like you have to have those scripts or you have to do all that stuff. It's It's nothing like that. Let that conversation flow. Let that energy flow. And, you know, it's funny because I see, and I feel Christy, she reverts to that place. She goes to that quiet place and forgets that this is
2: part of her podcast too, because we talk a lot. We In our profession, I think we are very, you know, we're so used to talking to people and being out there. And naturally I am not an extrovert, I'm an introvert. So that's been something that I've had to learn over the years to be more outgoing and to approach people and get out there. And Christy has this beautiful kind of quiet soul energy. And when she does speak, y- you listen because you know, it's not just going to be fluff. Unless, Unless it's she's really weird. late at night. <laughs> yeah. Christy doesn't waste words. <laughs>
3: nope.
0: <laughs> that's what I always say. She's a woman of few words. I get to appreciate the fact that I get so much more conversation out of her, but, and it is different, but you know, when we get with Colleen, those two, even your sister sometimes. So it's kind of nice for me because the roles reverse. So I have that time mm-hmm. where I just sit back and I just listen, you know, and i love to listen to the banter between you and Rebecca,
3: particularly because. Cause she's my sister. So she's honorary. <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I get to know Christy in the, spaces between you know mm-hmm. and sometimes the spaces between things are are where we do most of our learning so you know walking to the bathroom or mm-hmm. waiting for a client or waiting for them to come back from the bathroom so any given work day I spend more time with Christy than I do with Sharon
0: oh yeah because sometimes it'll be the end of the day or I'll, I'll ask Christy I said is Kathy working today she goes uh-huh even though our offices are not very far apart, mm-hmm. the way our schedules run, we're just a few minutes off of each other. And we do that. We like that. Yeah. And the reason we do it is so we don't have congestion and stuff. And we've always done that. And I will, I'll be there like, is Kathy working today? Or we can go a week. We can go several days and I will not see Kathy. I always go, do you work here? But I
1: see, <laughs> but I see Christy. And so if, you know, we, if we have conversations they are not about sharing Yeah. work. Yeah.
0: I mean, they're just, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. And that's what I think is the beauty of, when we create those family systems that are outside of the family we're born into is that it is in those in-between moments, like you said, because sometimes that's all we have. But it's what do you do with those in-between moments? Because you're right. You could just walk through and not say a word. And Christy could, you know, be listening to music and not pay anything, any attention. to you, But you guys don't do that. So once again, it becomes that commitment to at least being courteous or, and maybe it starts with the courtesy and then it moves on to something else. That's the know. question, man. You yeah. know what
1: I mean? Like ask a follow-up question, I think matters so much because that means that you remember a conversation that that person matters and that you're really curious about what happened and what's the next thing. So if I couldn't make a national anthem, I could say, Hey, Christy, how did that go? You know, is that cool? Is that neat? Would you do it again? Those kinds of mm-hmm. questions really develop friendships from that low ember stage into something that's bigger.
0: And I think as therapists, we do that anyway, because, you know, I know my clients, because well, I remember, they think it's yes. something we write down, but it's really not. It's when I think when we do therapy, we are so in that moment, that it's easy for me to retain. Because people say I'm a little ADHD, which I don't agree with. But Only in meetings. <laughs> only in me- <laughs> Yeah, Heather and I would get in a little bit of trouble, but separated and, you know, things like that. But that's a whole other story. <laughs> Definitely. But I think that it is the one place that I am really very in the moment. And so my clients will often say, oh, my God, you remembered that? Because it can be something that they talked about four weeks ago. Right. And I'll say, well, of course I remember, but why? And I'll always tell them because you matter. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that becomes a thing. We have to invite those people into our lives that we feel matter and that make us feel matter. Once again, I think it does go back to that commitment and to those boundaries. And if I do set a boundary that you accept it. Right.
3: Being in the moment, because then you recognize the opportunity to ask those questions and to deepen that relationship. Exactly. And I think that...
0: I'm really grateful for the, you know, especially I find that as my, when my parents, when I lost my parents and, you know, Heather, you were there for the funeral for both of my parents. And I so appreciated that because I was such a wreck, you know, and I knew Christy was a wreck because Christy sang at both of my parents' funeral. My family wanted her. They didn't even know she, this is, this is Christy. We've been together for this many years and she's been around my family and my extended family, even. And so it was at my dad's funeral, she sang, and then we were at the meal, and they looked at her, and as we were walking by, they looked at you and said, we didn't even know you talked.
3: <laughs> We've known you all this time, didn't know you sang like that.
0: Didn't know you even talk." because she's very, you know, with parts of my family, she's very, you know, with some of my siblings, she's very, My couple of my sisters, they talk and banter and... Give each when other hard times. To a
1: large family, it's like double dutch, right? Like when do I jump in? When do I? Yes. <laughs> How fast do I have to move and then jump out? It's better to just watch the. You
3: definitely got to wait for your opportunity and jump.
0: <laughs> I have to wait for my opportunity with myself. Yes, because <laughs> I'm really the more quiet one of my family. So when we're all together, and the energy is unreal anyway. On top of that, but you know that Christy, being an only child, she just kind of blended into our family. And it's hard.
3: And when you keep saying about only child, because I do have siblings, but I was raised as an only child. None of them were in the home when I was.
0: See, I was doing it from a therapeutic point of view. When I say only children, I'm talking about the age difference. And if you have a certain age difference, you're considered an only child. So yeah, that's what I'm referring to. But she's right. She does have siblings, but their age difference is so different. It's like 16 years.
1: Yeah. And I think it is different when you have a large family because the conversations can move so fast Mm -hmm. and you're used to it because you grew up that way and having three conversations at once. And so outsiders in our family always feel like they're being cut off and it's not because we can place hold and go back and that's how it works. But when you're so used to having one kid to one adult, you're not used to that.
0: Well, and I think the other thing you I had to learn was that when I had friendships, I couldn't interact the same way I did as with my family because they didn't come from large families or if they were creating this, I couldn't do that thing of moving around in conversations in the same way because I, I had to realize that that overwhelmed sometimes. So like Sandra's very quiet and reserved. June, you met her. June, we can be all over the place. June can jump in with no problem. Yes, yes. but you're right. And how do we adapt to those relationships that are super important to us? Because it is sometimes about
2: navigating it and not And I think also that holding space for the other person and, you know, respecting where they came from and what they grew up in as kind of a norm for them and just kind of blending in within that. But we, you know, with the long
1: car rides and stuff that we've had recently over the last year, and even this one, we've gotten a chance to know each other, to know that Christy isn't an only child, that she does have other siblings and more parts about her family and her life so that we can understand where Christy is coming from when we talk to her and understanding your family and how deep the connections are. And knowing that Heather has, you know, like an older brother mm-hmm. and knowing a lot about Michael through Heather and knowing that her whole family structure and where she comes from every time Heather opens her mouth, I'm like, you kidding me. Um, <laughs> like, you know, it's fascinating watching her figure out the component parts, but I'm naturally curious about people and asking those questions So then you know why Christy isn't talking all the time or jumping in or knowing about that she would know something more than we would. Sometimes Christy's the only one that knows where we're going. Exactly. (laughs) Because we're so caught up and she's, you know. Yeah. So now the more that Christy's opening
2: up to us, the more we get lost. (laughs)
0: you know that is a true statement
2: yeah i mean i really appreciated the time that christy and i spent yesterday you know just just doing a little little walk at the sand dunes by ourselves and being able to kind of get caught up with each other and, and see where we are and and just do a really nice check in and continue to grow that friendship
0: Well, and I think the thing is, too, and in those relationships, when you are in a committed relationship and you're trying to create that family, that extended family system, is that there really can't be that there can't be jealousy. You can't have those things because then the relationship between you and Christy couldn't grow or Kathy and Christy couldn't grow because if I'm, it's not about a competition. And I think that's where people kind of get, I see in my practices, they'll say, well, she's spending more time with her friend than she is with me. Well, maybe that's what she needs at that moment, you know, and then how do we once again
2: support each other? Yes.
0: And do the the things that we need to, to nurture those relationships. And so, you know, I just really appreciate the friendships that we have and I appreciate that we now have Heather, you've been our extended family for a while. Kathy G you've become our extended family, especially in the last few years, particularly the last couple of years, I think since Yellowstone, our family continues to grow. Yes, and we really appreciate it. And the good thing is that we get to pick and choose this family. (laughs) So thank you guys so much for joining us. We really do appreciate it. And we'll be talking with Heather in a segment later on about the bariatric surgery. The bariatric surgery and what that's been like for her and that journey. And then we're gonna be talking with Kathy about being a vegan and because we're looking at there's so many different ways to be healthy. And for Heather, it started with the bariatric surgery Mm -hmm. and changing that for you, Kathy. You've been a vegan for a while, and we're going to also have her on a segment talking about that and what makes it a healthy thing for you and how you kind of, if somebody was going to become vegan, how would you do that? And I remember you told us vegan until five or something to that effect. (laughs) So we're going to have that. We're going to have them back. So we really hope that you appreciate uh, and enjoyed this segment and we will be back next week. So until then, thank you so much. Bye. Bye.